All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything more. Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Weekend Marvel, episode number 317. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah. Let's, let's just do that at the beginning of every podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, <No. laughs> we really like, we need to get Stone Cold Steve Austin Oh, to, we really do. We need to get him so To bad. give it an intro to the show. Yeah. Hey, anyway. Hey, hello. <laughs> I'm Ryan Panagos, aka Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Ben Morse, joined by... Tucker Marcus. Yeah. We've also got intern Maggie with us. Say hi, intern Maggie. She's hi. waving. Yeah, that's hi. what I intended for her to wave. That was, that was going to be the whole gag, as it were. That was good. That was yeah. good. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is the official Marvel podcast. We go through all the new comics out this week, print, digital, single issues, collections. We're going to talk about news. Uh, we've got an interview this mm-hmm, week. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, your questions and comments at the end. If you want to have your question or comment potentially read on future episode, use the hashtag this week in Marvel or... Uh, email twimpodcast at marvel.com. That's T-W-I-M, as in Mary, podcast at marvel.com. Yes. Yeah. What a week. What a week. This was. Uh, this is the week of Thanksgiving here yep. in America, mm-hmm. which I had to remind our friends at Kabam, as I do every mm. year. <laughs> um, our friends at Kabam, of course, the lovely people up in Vancouver who put together Marvel Contest of Champions, always send me a story to post on Thanksgiving. And every year, <laughs> I always remind them that I will not be in the office and then ask them if they can do it next week. And they're always super nice about it because they're very nice people. Yeah. But so look for a uh, Contest of Champions article early next week. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, it would have been uh, this Thursday, but uh, we have Thanksgiving. Yep. Uh, it's holiday time, which I try to take as much time as I can to play video games. Yes. And we've got Lego it, Marvel. It's like a tradition. It is. Mm. Lego Marvel Superheroes 2 still I just out. fired that up the other day. I love it. Uh, I've, so one tweet pointed at me uh, with um, someone showed me. They found me in the game. Nice. Which is good. I enjoy that. I enjoy How that. How far into the game are you? Do you know? Uh, it's one of the Gwenpool missions. Okay. So you'll have to get into them to, to dig into it. Um, so there's that. Uh, I was like a uh, sort of gift-giving, uh, bearded, uh, mustachioed man. Yep. <laughs> uh, if they're one of those exists during the holidays, I'm not familiar, but, you know, one you know. of those types of characters. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Facial uh, hair and giving gifts. I yep. think that could be a new thing yeah. that you've established. I uh, gave uh, a bunch of copies of Star Wars Battlefront Two. One of them went to Mr. Tucker. <laughs> He's very excited. I cannot wait. You didn't play it? No, 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 no. My console is at home in the Shangri-La called New Jersey. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So once I return to that heavenly place, I shall dive straight in. So where do wait. you live if not home? What is your home? Well, I live in uh, the city that never sleeps, the Big Apple itself, New York City. <laughs> but uh, when I go home and uh, your parents, and visit, talking about your parents' visit, visit my my the people that made me uh-huh. biologically uh that's where i'll do that but actually fun fact i'm moving at the end of this month moving to a new place uh oh, cool. so hopefully i'll be able to bring the the old the old ps4 well, into town I was gonna ask. and just why waste is, all my time why is the ps4 at your parents house currently well because it's 
technically speaking, it is my dearly beloved, sweet, sweet baby brother's. Oh, okay. And not mine. So really, I just steal it uh, often, and I'm hoping to steal it like on a permanent base- basis. Oh, he, he's away at college, so you know he won't yeah, miss it. Doesn't need it. No. Yeah. Needs to learn. Here's a, here's a nice trick that I learned when I cohabitated uh, with uh, other people <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Put your own game console in the communal space mm-hmm. and let everybody enjoy it. Yeah, sure. And let everybody, you know, oh, you want to buy a game? You can put your credit card on there. You can buy a game. Yeah. Uh, they had a bunch of, like, classic uh, old virtual console games on my Wii because my old roommates wanted to play, like, yeah. Shinobi or whatever <laughs> yeah, it was. So, doesn't want to play Shinobi. Uh, then you, you score some free games. Okay. They get to play some games. It's a great way. Okay. Hey, you know, speaking of games, we have games news this week. We sure do, we Ben. breaking games news that uh, Marvel Strike Force, the new, uh, the new game from our friends over at Fox Next, I believe is the company. Sure. Yes, they are. Fox Next. Um, they're putting out a new game called Marvel Strike Force. Uh, it's a uh, game where you can take on missions to take on the baddie Ultimus, who we're going to talk more about in the near future. Um, but it's I'm sure you're all familiar with Ultimus. Yeah, I mean, you guys know who Ultimus is, obviously. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the, the main villain of all those giant epic crossover event storylines. Yep. A.K.A. the Demon Druid. The Demon Druid. As you pointed out yesterday. The only reason I about? pointed that out is because it's on the wiki page. Yeah, it's on the wiki page. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have we, to talk about. We, both of us had to look him up a little bit. To yeah, but if you, guys, um, if you guys go to Marvel.com, you can see a trailer for Marvel Strike Force. It looks beautiful. The oh my graphics gosh, are yeah. great. There's upwards of 80 characters you can play as. Night Nurse. You can play as Night Nurse. Night Nurse, I feel y'all. like she'll get killed really easy. I don't care. You don't think so? <laughs> Night Nurse is going to come in. She'll be throwing, like, gauze. Yeah. And Syringes. <laughs> yeah. Band-Aid, Band-Aid, Band-Aid. No, but it looks really cool. Uh, congratulations uh, to our friends over at Fox Next, and thank you for uh, bringing us this great game. It's coming in 2018. Yes. Uh, more, I'm sure, to yeah, come as we get to closer come. to that. There will be, like, bonuses and fun things mm-hmm. uh, if you pre-order or if you pre-register you get, uh, you get Daredevil pre-register ooh yeah. if you pre-register you get Daredevil uh, so there you go the Demon Druid as I'm familiar <laughs> with it yes the Demon Druid Daredevil um, not quite Daredevil but Punisher just released yes uh, over a couple days ago mm-hmm. um, so it's exciting listening to various people like yeah I watched eight straight episodes mm-hmm. a lot of people uh, went all in on this I'm like, one that's a heavy show to sure. watch like eight hours in a row. It's a very specific day. Good on you. Yeah, and you know what? If you're having family over this week, what's the perfect <laughs> show to sit down with your whole family and watch but Marvel's Punisher yes. on Netflix? Very, very true. Another show, Marvel's Runaways. Mm. That launched as the day we were recording it today. Yep. Uh, and first three episodes are out. Three. Three. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. I mean, it's you one that talking? we have not seen. Yet. Two that we have not seen. Oh, we, we saw only watch one the first? episode. Oh. This guy. <laughs> Can't take him anywhere. You know what? That just speaks to how much action is packed into one episode oh of this show. Yeah, and it feels are like two. The worst. <laughs> uh, and a fun thing that I'm doing next week mm. is I'm going to the Runaways production office. And Christine and I are going to uh, do a, a special episode of This Week of Marvel Unlimited Reading Club yeah. with uh, the three showrunners, uh, Josh, Stephanie, and Quentin, and uh, talk about the how the comic inspired them. Talk about how they, you know, what they like about the book. You know, obviously talking about the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, fans, listeners, if you have any questions for the showrunners of Marvel's Runaways in relation to the comics, tweet them to me. 
at Agent M. You can hashtag This Week in Marvel, uh, hashtag TwimURC. Maggie, I'll ask you if you can just take a, a look over the next couple days, um, you know, and Monday, Tuesday, and we'll gather any up that we have. I'll also put a call out on Twitter as yep. well. Um, but I think it'll be fun. It should be I think it'll be great. I'm really yeah. excited to listen to that one. I got a new Captain America jacket. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I saw. To, to wear for the... Sweet. Because we're going to shoot it on video as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. This is happening. Yeah. And I've got to run the jewels because you can't get any Runaways t-shirts. So I have no. a Run the Jewels <laughs> Punisher shirt yep, to wear. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> yep. I have that at home. I wore it over the weekend. Nice. God, I, wore, I wore it to work out in. Yeah. Intimidated everybody. Yeah, like yeah. a badass. I was so scared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be really fun. Uh, do want to let you guys know if you have any uh, kids or uh, any f- younger folks that you know you want to help get into Marvel, there's a new Marvel YouTube channel mm-hmm. called Marvel, Marvel HQ. HQ. So it's youtube.com slash Marvel HQ. Cool stuff up there. Yeah. F- lots of full episodes for our, our animated series plus uh, brand new content and stuff that you know we've been helping that team work on. Uh, a lot of stuff that they're doing their own. It's It should be really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know the kids, they love the YouTube. Yep. They're all about the YouTube. Yeah. They want to see, hey, th- things on yep. YouTube is a thing that they search, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes I'll go down to the arcade on a, nope. on a Saturday don't, don't afternoon like and I'll say, hey, it's guys, would you, so weird. you want some bubble gum and nope. let's watch some of nope. the tubes? He's, nope. got, he's gotten worse as he's gone. Yeah. No. This uh, is really. very disturbing. <laughs> yeah, no. Never speak like that again. Please don't do that anymore, Tucker. But okay. uh, we do have <laughs> this... This new channel that we want you guys to check out. So it's youtube.com slash Marvel HQ. I've got my goddaughter coming over for uh, Thanksgiving tomorrow. My four-year-old goddaughter. I'm going to try to uh, convince her parents to set up Marvel HQ for her to watch. Nice. She likes My Little Pony, (laughs) which I feel like... Like the Friendship is Magic stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like, you know, Marvel HQ... That's where she should be. <laughs> One of our favorite writers has written comics for My Little Pony. It oh, yeah? might be Jeremy Whitley. Huh. I think you're right. Or Kelly Thompson. No, Kelly Thompson has done the um, some of the gem books, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I bought. I haven't read them yet. No, Jeremy Whitley. I think you're correct. Yeah. I think Jeremy Whitley's done some uh, My Little Pony stuff. So, you know what? I have a favorable opinion of My Little Pony yeah, because they will hire Jeremy Whitley mm-hmm. to write their books, I'll which means they are smart. Good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. The door almost opened. Mm-hmm. Mm? These or are did. crazy. What's yeah. going on? Uh, uh, last, quick, quick. Last little thing. Uh, some wrestling happened some this wrestling past weekend. Some wrestling happened, yes. That was enjoyable. It was good. Um, I really enjoyed NXT TakeOver War Games. I think I told you that um, Andrade Cien Almas really won me over, the mm-hmm. new NXT champion. He's so uh, much better as a heel. Much better as a heel. I really like Zelina Vega, his manager. Yes. Uh, I think they're a great duo. She's a firecracker. She is a real firecracker, but she does moves, man. Yeah. She can, she can wrestle. Um, that was great. War Games was a lot of fun. Uh, we saw why they didn't have the roof. We were very upset about the lack of roof. I mean, like, I wanted a proper War Games where, mm-hmm. like, if you try to slam someone, they might hit the roof of the cage. Well, maybe bigger than that. I mean, that, that would have been cool for sure. Not for the wrestlers. Uh, no. For us, for viewers. Um, the more the thing that bugged me was War Games always used to be submit or surrender, and that was the only way to win. You couldn't pin anyone. And this hmm. one ended in a pinfall. So I was more flustered by that than I was by the lack of a roof. Sure. That uh, that that stuck with me. Yeah. Um, I did see... I, I didn't get to watch Raw last night, but someone uh, someone had tweeted Johnny Gargano. Oh, who's on? I had mentioned him in the in the course of, oh, really? of the evening, and Johnny Gargano is a friend of Marvel's. Mm-hmm. We love him. Um, and 
So if he's making to main roster or something, great. that's great because he is fantastic. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yes. In the world. In the world. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's enough of all that. It's enough time to get that. into the new comics out this week. Sure. Why don't I kick us off? Do it, man. With all new Wolverine number 27, continuing this groovy Orphans of X storyline, Tom Taylor. One uh, Cabal. I feel like has come out of nowhere to be a super, super rad artist. Uh, Colors by Nolan Woodard. But yeah, I'm really impressed by Wonka Ball's work. Um, And of course, just loving what Tom Taylor does on this book. We've got uh, X-23's family, her her cousin Megan and her aunt, uh, taking care of her mom, who she found, highly emotional stuff. X-23 and Dokken are reunited. Dokken, immediately, uh, Jonathan the Wolverine, like barks at Dawkins like he's a guard dog or something. Well, so that was great. Yeah, because Dawkins is like he's getting heated. Sure, he's getting angry and he's getting into <clears throat> like a threatening a threatening pose towards yep. uh, Gabby and Laura. So yeah. Jonathan's like, "Yo, you step up to my family, I'm gonna <laughs> cut you." That's great. <laughs> but um, Dawkins brings the unwelcome revelation that. Uh, Sarah Kinney, the recently returned Sarah Kinney, might not be all she's cracked up to be. He does something drastic, which is what Dawkins does. Yeah. It took me a sec to process. Look at all this great art. Look at uh, the way that uh, Juan Cabal just separated these panels, the little ones yeah. on top of each other, the way he does the sound effects panels. Mm-hmm. Just amazing stuff. Who is this guy? Who is he and where did he come from? A magical find that I'm very happy to have. Very excited. This, this moment right here is actually when... Uh, later in this episode, you'll hear Maggie and I speak with Christina Harrington and Mark Benicia mm. about this, about, well, excuse me, about X-Men Red. But this book came up because Tom Taylor is writes, writing, writes both. both. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Fun this fact about X-Men exciting. Red and Tucker. Back at New York Comic Con, when we uh, were when we were know. when we were recording a podcast, because Tucker had read my notes from the retreat, he knew about X Men Red and mentioned it on a podcast. Luckily, I flagged it, and that podcast never went out. But now that X Men Red has been announced, I can reveal that Tucker <laughs> almost ruined X Men Red like two months in advance. The secrets are real. I know, it's list, true. dear listener. It is a it. it it is difficult. It's hard like, to to keep that stuff straight in your head. Yep. That's why I constantly ask you <laughs> or the rest of the team what has been announced. Yep. Right. What can I talk about? Right. Because to me, and now you have notes. I, yeah, but even my notes, I'm like, crap. Yeah. What's public half the time? Just because I don't always remember. Back to the book. This may be the <laughs> coolest thing in the whole issue. Is this panel where Laura pops her claws and uh, Juan Cabal uses the two claws as the I and part of the K and yes. snicked. It's I'm not explaining it well, but it's really cool. I also it's cool that Nolan too, Woodard. Uh, Nolan Woodard did the colors and did a yeah, great so job. There's the, great, the great what job. you were just uh, pointing to Ben mm-hmm. is the like Laura has immediately gone into complete berserker rage. Yep. Anger, her eyes change but there's also Nolan does this like red hue yep. on her which Perfect. isn't a like the way I look at it is she's not really like the, that red color is not there but she has just gone and completely look at that, berserker look, seeing red look at that contrast to like yes. the yellow chair that's in the background the softer this, is this green no what is it that's like a, a I get, I get orange and tanny a pale yeah. alright pale peach well it looks yeah. like green to me guys and green is the perfect accent <laughs> color for this panel um, it continues on we get a X-23 and Dawkins fight not like a 
it gets pretty hardcore pretty oh my quickly. God. No, um, it's, it's pretty brutal pretty quickly. Um, Laura is really pissed off at Dawkins. I'm not revealing what Dawkins did. Um, and then something really creepy happens with her mom. Uh, there's all these threats. We're starting to get a little bit of more of an idea of who the orphans of X are. They're, we get their... Um, their modus operandi, which is basically that they blame the Wolverines and their kind uh, for making them orphans. Yeah, and you know, I think orphan is sort of this umbrella term. It's mm-hmm. probably parents who lost their children, yeah, yeah, siblings who lost, you know, other members. That, like all these things, they families that have been fractured by the Wolverines yeah. in one way, shape, or form. Sure. And then we cut to uh, Captain Marvel, who has been tasked by Laura with locating the Miramasa blade. Uh, the one thing that can kill a Wolverine. And Captain Marvel has found it, but unfortunately, the Orphans of X have found her. Look at that sound effect right there. Great. Cacoom. Cacoom. Beautiful. I also love the... uh, Strong girl? Yeah. One of my (laughs) notes was... Yeah, Dawkins' strong girl shirt. I love it. Dawkins' so shirt much. says strong girl. I also like when um, Laura says, I'll drive, and Dawkins starts to say, I'll drive, and she goes, I have two arms. Because <laughs> he only has one arm at the moment. Uh, just great blowaway stuff. All New Wolverine is such a good book. Um, one of my favorites. The character work that Tom has done is incredible. He's created a great supporting cast that includes people like Dawkins as kind of like secondary supporting cast members like you've got the primary supporting cast of Gabby and of Jonathan that goes with Laura in every issue but you've also got characters like her family and like Dawkins who are just seamlessly worked into every story now the art is just killer it's always been good but Juan Cabal's on a whole other level as we said Nolan Woodard doing great on colors just a fantastic comic yeah uh reminding everyone who's listening that the first two books that each of us talk about are our favorites, the yeah. ones that we are most passionate and, and enjoyed the most for the week. And what I love is we have a book like All New Wolverine, which is, I don't know, one of us has picked it almost every issue. Almost every time, yeah. Um, and then I'm looking at the rest of our stacks, and it's like, we've got a cool bunch of different changes and, and variety of things. And like, my next book is Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, number 13. New creative team. New creative team. Um, new direction. New direction, new all the things. We do have a Ryan Stegman cover, so mm. we do not lose Some Stegman's touch. What <laughs> um, you know, it was cool that this book. We we saw the rise of Annie Mae Parker here uh, after the original Secret Wars limited series. We, we sort of pick up with that the family in this world, spy, a little bit older Spider-Man, Mary Jane. They're sharing superpowers. They have a daughter. She's got superpowers. It was a great story for those first. What is it? 12 issues, mm-hmm. Jerry Conway and Ryan yep. Stegman, and handing the baton to Jody Hauser, writer, artist Nick Roche. Uh, Roche? I think Roche. it's Roche. Roche? Yeah. Oh, Roche, maybe? Roche. R-O-C-H-E. Yeah. Um, uh, Ruth Redman on colors. Roche sounds the fanciest. Totally. That's, that always, I always want to go with the Yeah, we want to get fancy. Yep. Uh, so this picks up several years after number 12. Uh, Annie Mae is a little bit older. She's, what is she, like 15, Yeah, 16? she's got to be, she's a teenager for sure. Yeah, um, she was like 10 yeah. previously. So we're a couple years in the future. She's got a new costume. She is feeling, you know, really confident. She's having a lot of fun. And boom, she's fighting the Sinister Six in the yeah. opening Why not? Uh, pages, which is, that's a tough fight for anyone. Uh, it's really great. Spidey jumps in. There's quipping. There's dad jokes. Uh, my favorite is, like, Spidey jumps in and he says, Annie, are you okay? Yeah. Are you okay, I Annie? love that. I love it was that so movie. much. Maggie, do you know what that is? Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Tucker. 
It's a Michael Tucker. Jackson reference. Did you get that? Absolutely. I, the lean, do a cool lean forward. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Kids, um, man. So, yeah, it, it's great. We get, you know, silly jokes. Uh, we find out that it is actually a danger room training session, and anime is like there's connections to the the, the first couple of issues because right. uh, X-Men stuff the X-Men stuff mm-hmm. and, and Wolverine being like the head of the school which I love the like what they've done with this world you've got Wolverine and Jean Grey they are this this wonderful firm relationship mm-hmm. Wolverine and Jean are leading the school um, yeah it rhymes yes Wolverine and Jean yes and Maybe they should be together. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> sorry, always Cy- the case. Sorry, Cyclops. Yeah. <laughs> I just discovered something after 35 years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we get this great moment of Wolverine coming in and chastising both of them, mm-hmm. uh, Annie Mae and, and Peter. Uh, there's great stuff where like Wolverine is very much the the headmaster here and they're like sorry sir yes sir which mm-hmm. I just I like that little Wolverine like chastising but also you know talking to them about training I'd like uh, to make more contributions but smooth criminal is just on a loop in my head right now <laughs> and I don't I don't think it's going anywhere it's a great song yeah, it's wonderful yes um, we get great stuff also it's really neat to get into sort of angsty adolescent teenage anime you know, she's growing up and she's just like, oh, my parents. Mm. And she's, you know, Peter and MJ are trying to deal with that. You've got anime on her phone all the time and just fun parental child interactions, um, which, I, you know, I pay more attention to mm-hmm. now as my wife and I are figuring mm-hmm. out the adoption stuff and we're thinking about children. You have, I you have know, Hazel and it's, you know, Tucker has his, you know. Thoughts, my, thoughts. My time at the arcade. Oh, Maggie adopted, Dear, Maggie adopted a cat. Did she tell you oh, that? Oh, yeah. You did? Yeah. What's should... the cat's name? Cassian. Cassian? Cassian? I like it. Cassian It's Endor. a Star Wars reference, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Great. She told me yesterday. Yeah, I had to, I had to do a reference for Maggie. It's a real serious business. It's it good. It's very serious business. You adopted? Very good. Always adopt your, your, exactly. your uh, animals. Yep. It's very good. I, I love that story. Yeah, there we go. Just uh, wanted to share that. <laughs> good. Uh, but we get this this fun story, and uh, Peter and MJ are like trying to connect with uh, Annie Mae, and <laughs> they figure, all right, let's you know, let's go take her on a trip, one yep. trip before she goes back to school, and uh, she wants to go to a VR theme park. Yeah, which I'm like, oh, this is in the future. Yeah, <laughs> like, <that's> but <laughs> it's, they can't afford a VR no. theme park. They have to go to stinky old Coney Island. Oh man, man Coney Island's the best. Coney Island's very cool. I've yeah. been there one time. Like, you were there. To see TNA wrestling, <laughs> uh, we didn't really spend much time in Coney. Did no, we? I walked around a little before yeah. we did our shoot, just because I'd never been to Coney Island, yeah. so I wanted to get a sense of it. Yeah. Um, I more remember that for when we went to the Outback Steakhouse with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels. Yeah, and Samoa Joe uh, moved a space fan from the kitchen because he was too warm. It was <laughs> very warm and in there. Positioned it next to himself. He was very funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those, those those cats are great. Um, so yes, we get this great sequence of them in Coney Island and then trying to have some fun. Annie Mae, uh, she wants to win a prize. They've got this like nod to Sum Sums mm-hmm. as the prizes for knocking down the the bottles. You know, That's just cool. carnival games. It's great stuff. Um, you know, fun stuff between the family, and then of course the lizard shows up. We get to have the super heroics. You get to have the family come together. It's it just was. It was a fun issue. I really liked the family connections. I thought uh, Jody 
taking the voices of all the characters, crushed it, made me really connect with all three of the main characters here. We get the fun Spidey villain stuff. Um, It's got a great teen feel. So if you have someone who is a teenager, this is a book I would highly suggest. Oh, absolutely. This is a great jumping on point for for younger readers. Mm -hmm. And just something like I want to hand this to someone who's like, hey, I want to get into Spidey comics. I'm a little bit younger. Yeah, it's a good kind of like it does a good job of if it's someone's first comic, it would definitely not be intimidating or challenging. It is very a very welcoming comic. Yeah. One other thing I think Jody did really well was she, it's it's not easy always to get the Spidey wit. Yes, mm-hmm. some people falter with that, but Jody did a great job of capturing that Spidey wit mixed with dorkiness yes. and dad vibe. You're right. You're it right. Was totally. So spot on. It was yeah, great. Absolutely. And the art by Nick Roche. Roche, so good and fit the tone of the book. So perfect. Yeah, perfect. My first choice is Silver Sable and the Wild Pack number 36. Come in hot. It's a Marvel Legacy one-shot. I believe, having uh, edited a few articles on this, I believe this is the first Silver Silver Sable and the Wild Pack issue in... 36 years. Ah, uh, 36 is probably strong because it came out in the 90s. Oh, did it? Yeah, so it's probably more like 20-something years. Uh, anyway, it's been a long time. <laughs> good, was a com- good, good confidence. Good try. Yeah, seriously. There may be another one-shot that was like the it, the issue number is the same number of years that, that it, it, since it, it had been... Uh, Maybe Power Pack? I think might be. could have worked. Yeah. There uh, was a pack. You got two packs. Yeah, it's all these packs That's everywhere. Fair. Anyway, it's uh, written by Krista Faust, uh, pencils by Paolo Siquiera and Jose Luis, inks by Cam Smith, Terry Pallett, and Paolo Siquiera. Uh, uh, Krista Faust is a, a crime novelist. Yeah, so noir and pulp stories. Some real, like I was because I I wasn't familiar with her. Yeah. This is her first Marvel work, as mm-hmm. far as I could tell. It is, um, and it was cool. I wanted to, to find out a little bit more what she's done. She has some some cool noir. And pulp uh, books out there, a bunch of short stories, a bunch of different things. She's she's done some really cool stuff. She does a lot of cool uh, novelizations and adaptations of mm-hmm. other works too. So she did like Fringe and, and a bunch of other TV shows and movies and stuff like that. She has a really cool uh, career as a novelist. So it's awesome that she's doing this with us. Yeah, absolutely. And that that kind of hard Great name for a noir writer too. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Christophe. Yeah, and like. She's got a cool look. Like if you go, oh, yeah. you know, okay, check out cool. her website or her social pages. She just she looks like a badass. Yeah, she yeah. looks like what she's writing. Yeah, Good. completely. Uh, and the, yeah, that that kind of hard boiled noir influence you can you can feel it in different moments in this comic, and it's really really cool. We start out uh, like on a pontoon boat where some various very obviously. Uh, um, uh, mal actors are hanging out, uh, and one of them gets dragged underwater out of nowhere, and then we see that there is a hostage situation happening uh, by this uh, this terrorist organization in Simcaria, which is uh, Sable's home country. Yeah, yeah. they're uh, Nazis. They're, yeah, let's still straight up Nazis. They are, these aren't just terrorists; these are friggin' neo Nazis, and somebody's got to put a boot to them and stomp them. You know who out. loves beating up Nazis? As she points out several times in the this issue that would be one silver sablanova silver sable um i like that one of them calls her sablanova in here because it reminded me that much like black agar baltagon yes. uh silver sable's real name 
I don't know if her first name is Silver or like Silverina or something. Come on, but man. I know, I know, I'm I'm faltering. <laughs> but her last name is definitely Sablanova, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is some really intense uh, hostage stuff going down. Someone gets executed. Mm. Uh, they're looking for essentially they're holding these people ransom, and then some a smoke bomb gets dropped, and then there she is making her epic comeback, dropping. Some uh, some Nazi fool. Um, one of the things that I love is the Paolo Saqueta art in mm, here. Always great. Mm. Always great. But there's like this organic feel, like the rounded shapes, yes. the, the curves that, that Paolo draws. Reminds me a little bit of um, – uh, uh, what's what's the book? Come on. We can do this together. Uh, Avengers Forever. <laughs> Avengers, uh, Carlos Pacheco. Carlos Pacheco. There you go. Reminds me of uh, Carlos Pacheco in a bunch of ways in, in like – just shapes and line work sure. and I love it so much. I can see that. We have an awesome underwater fight scene where we flash back to 10 minutes before the uh, ransom uh, action where the uh, bad guy and Sable are fighting underwater. There's an awesome little shot where the bad guy, you can see, takes Sable's knife out of its holster on her leg and stabs her with it. There are sharks involved. Uh, they look like great whites, also known as uh, the scientific name being Carcharodon carcarius, uh, for those interested. That should be a this superhero guy. name. <laughs> yeah. I am Carcharion oh. carcarius. Yeah. That should, be, no, that uh, yeah. should be a superhero real name. Yeah. And then the shortened version <laughs> would be great white. Great white. Yeah. That's it. That's it, guys. We did it. We right. did it again. All right. We're going to publishing after this. Right. Uh, so she just gets away from the shark, and then she starts kicking Nazi butt. There's a really another cool re- uh, moment where uh, there's like a like a kind of older uh, former member of this group co- who are called the SSS, um, and essentially like in a kind of war criminal style. Uh, Sable approaches her from behind, cuts her IV bag, which is really cool. Uh, cuts the tube to it, and then just kind of goes up, gets face to face with her, and says like. Uh, she's the, the the old woman says, "I have no regrets for what I've done." And then Sable says, "Neither do I. I love my job." It reminds <laughs> me of um, uh, Inglorious Bastards, yeah, the yeah. Quentin yeah. Tarantino version of just mm-hmm. like like these dudes are th- and this lady are killing Nazis and loving it, and they're all about it, yep. and it's horrifying and brutal, and en- like it is an enjoyable entertainment experience, but man, it's brutal it's uh there's some really interesting then kind of character moments where sable uh appeals to one of the bad guys and uh appeals to uh kind of what semblance of morality might still be there oh there you go ben 1992 was the last issue issue number 35 no 1992 was the first issue oh yeah. And so then it would have run for three years. So about 1995. Okay. So, so roughly 22 21, years. 22 years, give yep. or take. 22 years. Yep. I was three years old when this ended. Uh. <laughs> uh, Sable gets caught up in a net. Uh, there's some more awesome, just great, like assassin style action. More shark stuff. And of course she does. Uh, she gets the hostages out right in time, uh, and there's a great last panel as 
the army shows up finally, and she just says, "You're a little late to the party, boys." Because uh, yeah. she already. This is took really care like a B action movie. Oh, it's great! Yeah. So it's like a Steven Seagal movie. Yes. Yeah, completely, completely. Um, just but her. with Silver Sable being a much cooler protagonist. One hundred percent. Sable from WWE as Silver Sable. Whoa! Could you see it? I mean, in her prime. Sh- sure. Now she's married to Brock Lesnar, making babies up on his farm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on their farm. On their they farm. They both have had it's true. very it's successful true. That's, that's, careers. Shame on me. That is, it is their farm. Um, earlier this week, one Ryan Panago said to me, mm-hmm. wait till you read this issue of Royals that came out this week. It's really something. I said to him, yeah, I'm sure it's something. You know, I, w- I, didn't, I didn't buy the hype. Then I read this issue of Royals and I said, Ryan, this is one of my picks this week boom, because boom, boom, it's boom. that good. Royals number 11, written by Al Ewing, art by Javier Rodriguez, additional art by Kevin Labranda. Uh, we've got Alvaro Lopez with Kevin Labranda on inks, Jordi Belair with Jose Villarubia on colors. We start out 5,000 years from now, everything that's going on with The Accuser, a.k.a. Marvel Boy, and The Last Inhuman, a.k.a. Maximus. And then this dude. Yeah. Um, what? That is, is, is that a Flint? It could be. We don't know. I, don't, I was trying, but I tried to figure it out. As that's I was a great. It. That's a great call. That's a really nice uh, observation there. But just because of what we start mm-hmm. to see crazy throughout stuff, the issue, crazy stuff going on in the future. But back in the present day, our inhuman people are confronting the progenitors. Every second of this book, as drawn by Javier Rodriguez and as colored. Well, hold on. Let me give full credits. As inked by Alvaro Lopez and as colored by Jody Belair, is just bonkers gorgeous uh the machinery the buildings the progenitors themselves this thing that's happened to flint where he is now i think you're right because you can see his bones through the crystal um i'm not let's let's not reveal what may have happened to him but um that's a very good observation uh they encounter this giant tuning fork uh, that's made out of the same material as the Sky Spears. Medusa says they need to do something. She's running out of time. Uh, the progenitors show up. The progenitors look amazing. The exterminator class, the destroyer class, they're just bonkers. Like, like what? where did this come from? The one, it's amazing. One of them has uh, like this demon mouth mm-hmm. uh, coming out of its belly. Yeah. And it looks like a cross between a xenomorph head yeah. and Judge, Judge Death. Judge Death is what I was going to yeah, say. So yeah, so definitely like the Judge Death and then just the way and it's that's not even And that's not even the character's head. That no. The character's head is this weird looking like tennis ball and type thing with a frown on the face. The head kind of looks like Asuka's mask. <gasps> it does look like Asuka's mask. Whatever. It, Whatever. It's amazing. It's beautiful, cool designs. It's, yeah. you know, I don't say this lightly. Javi's got that like Kirby, mm. like a modern, really bonker style yep. Kirby exuberance to yep. his designs. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, the progenitors are messing up our heroes. We don't know what they're going to do. So Swain just says, you know what? I am going to give it my all. I'm going to touch this super-powered Sky Spear, and whatever happens, happens. You get a great two-page sequence between Swain and Ash, although it's really, I think it's like her imagination of Ash. I don't know if they're actually connecting psychically or if this is within her own brain. They have an amazing talk about their relationship. It's drawn all trippy. Uh, it's really cool. Great two-page sequence. And then Swain comes out, still bass. I love that the charred remains of Marvel Boy just fall down next to her, and uh, he just goes, the drums. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, Swain gets super awesome, accelerated powers, love seeing Swain step up and get the progenitors to go down. And now we have, uh, the problem is that as powerful as this has made the Inhumans, it's not enough. 
We get the reinforcements of the progenitors. They're even more crazy looking than the ones we've seen already. Gorgon makes the decision. He goes, look, someone's got to stay behind. He says to Medusa, basically, like, everyone else has a purpose. Everyone else needs to be on this uh, return party. I will stay behind. I will sacrifice myself. They are, Medusa just says, uh, as, as my commander, you're beholden, or this is Gorgon saying, as my commander, you're beholden, you set yourself to the crew, to the mission. And Medusa says, to my heart, to my heart, right or wrong, right or wrong. And she just walks away. She says, do your duty, Gorgon, and I will do mine beautiful moment gorgon just a total badass touches the sky spear gets super powered his stomps are better than ever um and then just a killer last page as we see what's happening great issue you were right i was wrong this is a very special issue it's a special comic uh al ewing and javier rodriguez and alvaro lopez and jordi belair and everyone working on it are doing a tremendous job kudos yeah i I love that Gorgon stuff. Mm, That was like so dope. Heavy. Really, really good. All right. Also really good. Thanos number 13. Hello. Part one. Donnie. (laughs) Part one of Thanos wins. Uh, New storyline. New direction. This is a legacy issue. This is uh, Donnie Cates' first issue on Thanos. Look at that that big credits page. I love it. Yeah. Joined by artist Jeff Shaw, yep. colors by Antonio Fabella. They're boys. They're like old friends, apparently. Yeah? Yeah. 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 I, I, Donnie told me a little bit about this. Tucker might know more, but he was basically like, when we talked to him in New York, he's like, yeah, I get to work on Thanos with one of my best friends, Jeff Shaw. I don't think he's ever done any Marvel work before. He basically brought him in to draw Thanos, and they're working on it together. Like, that's their dream. No, right? if I recall correctly, yeah. I think they actually met in college. Yep. And uh, Donnie just said he's been a huge fan of his ever since then. Mm. And then they did some, they've worked on some, a few other comics together, and now they've come to Marvel together, and it's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. This first page does such a great job of setting the stage and the tone. It's like in the known universe, with all of its endless wonder and power, there exists a select few who are widely agreed upon by those who calculate such things to be the mightiest beings in all of existence. Mm. And then it goes, you know, talk, showing... You know, Odin and, and, and Thor and Black Bolt, Silver Surfer, Hulk and all these characters uh, with a trembling voice and a heavy and honest heart. They would all tell you the exact same thing. Thanos wins. That's just like nightmare. It's yeah. so good. It's yeah. so good. It opens that up. And then we flip the page. We get into the story and we get the, you know, this uh, the Chitari like homeworld, Chitari Prime. Mm-hmm. And it's bleak and it's gross. And we Super see gross. they're Leviathans, which I really dug that. I don't know if we've ever gotten into what the Leviathans kind of were mm-hmm. before. Um, they, they, you know, the Chitari signature brand of weaponized, biomechanically engineered Akanti yeah. Starshark hybrids. I like that, too, because <laughs> Akanti Starsharks are, of course, the things that the brood rides around yes. in. So I, it's always been kind of cool because I've always thought of the leviathans being like oh those are kind of like conti that's yeah. cool but the fact that they're specially weaponized conti, just brilliant little piece of yeah. continuity uh utilization by donnie totally but we see the these the the leviathans floating in the space around with giant holes through them and mm-hmm. there's there's nasty stuff happening we dive into the world and we see uh you know uh, 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 the young chitari uh blood flowing down uh there's this cool thing about how the planet is kept so cold that mm. it, the blood freezes oh, yeah. in the air like snow oh. and it's 
just this. I think Donny Cates might be the right guy to write Thanos. Yeah, <laughs> super metal and yeah, really su- crazy. Metal is the word I was going to use. Uh, and the king of the Chitauri has just been trounced by Thanos. And he says, you know, who who is your king? And the guy's like, I am. I am the king. And Thanos is like, liar. Kings do not beg. And mm. he steps on the dude's face. He becomes king. And you get this great moment. And then uh, in the middle of all this metal and gnarly and you know, grim, dark, and crazy. We've got this uh, Chitari who just comes up from behind, and he's like, <laughs> he's like worm tongue almost. I knew he's you like, were gonna go there. Love me some worm tongue. Love you some worm tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, less nefarious, more sniveling. No, I know, here. but I, the minute I saw that yeah. there was a guy who resembled worm tongue at all, I was like, oh, Ryan, I'll call him worm tongue. Yeah. Uh, but you got this guy, this Chitari, who's gonna be, you know, who who seems to be Thanos's, you know, whisper, telling him things uh, that there's something in the sky, mm-hmm. something that. Moves like the oh phoenix God. that is destroying things, uh, and that uh, you know Thanos then starts smiling because it's raining blood, uh, cosmic fire burning and howling in the atmosphere. The red snow turns to rain. Thanos smiles. Thanos is happy because something is here to challenge him. And then what is it? Not anything that I was expecting. It's a friggin' Ghost Rider. It's a, a cosmic, cosmic Ghost Rider. Cosmic Ghost Rider. Oh, so good. On this really cool, Jeff Shaw designed this amazing cycle. It's got like lightning bursts in the front, and it's got like Gatling guns. And Ghost Rider looks really cool. He's got his chain, and he's just murdering, murdering, murdering the Chitari. Mm. He comes down and waves at Thanos and says, hey. <laughs> I was like, it's such a great job Donnie does here of combining the horror and the terror and the destruction and death with the humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does Absolutely. a re- really great job. And the, this characterization of this Ghost Rider, who we don't know. No. We're not familiar with. We do start to learn as the issue goes by of who this Ghost Rider is, what he's all about. Uh, and then, you know... Uh, they you get into naturally a fight between Ghost Rider and Thanos, uh, but takes a different turn. Ghost Rider has uh, has a plan here. He has a reason why he is seeing Thanos and a reason why he captures Thanos in this just beautifully uh, designed and colored area. Uh, he wraps uh, Thanos in chains, and I'm not going to spoil what the chains are, but it was so another cool. one of those. Yep. Really cool little touches. Donnie is someone who is, you can tell he's a deep big fan, Marvel fan. In a sense, he reminds me of Jason Aaron. Pulling those little, those little threads, those little touches, and twisting them into really dark, gnarly ways. Uh, the colors here by Antonio Fabella, I love, especially the, the chains and the fire and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, what and where. And maybe when things are happening mm. here, it takes a really cool turn. I'm not going to spoil any more for it, but what Ghost Rider does and where he brings him and just little touches throughout this, just really, really love it. This is two for two for old Donnie yep. mm-hmm. uh, last week. Doctor Strange. And this week. Thanos. Really great. Good the, job, Donnie. The end of this book was one of my favorite endings right? to a book I've read. Yep. It, maybe since starting my job here, it's like... What a what a Woo! knockout first issue for them. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Absolutely. So good. My next pick is Spider-Man versus Deadpool number 24. It's written by Robbie Thompson. Uh, pencil, pencil, pencils and covers by uh, Chris Bashalo. Uh, and it is part of the arms race uh, story arc. And essentially the concept 
uh, from the last issue that was introduced is that Deadpool is dealing illegal, uh, illegally held former S.H.I.E.L.D. weaponry, uh, and Spidey uh, realizes that and he needs to go after him, and so the book changed title from Spider-Man Deadpool to Spider-Man vs. Deadpool, uh, but as is Deadpool's way, he manages to turn everything on its head and now there is just another kind of reluctant team up going on as they figure out what's happening well, they've they ended up they're going after uh the imposter deadpool yeah deadpool says i might be an arms dealer but i'm not the arms dealer that you saw selling weapons on the tv that's not they're my, going after a fake game. pool and fake they pool. go to tabula rasa that's tabula rasa Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about Tabula Rasa? Tabula Rasa was created back in Rick Remender's Uncanny X-Force. Remember when uh, the uh, denizens of Apocalypse basically experimented on a portion of the United States with, uh, it's at like farmland or something somewhere, and they dropped a life seat on it and advanced everything. Uh, we saw it again in Uncanny X-Men when Kieran Gillen was writing the book. Uh, they went back there, and basically it's this place that was just Tabula Rasa means blank slate. This place was given a blank slate and then grown back in horrific ways. Located in Montana, Tabula Rasa is a once sealed off patch of land that was wiped clean and reborn with the power of life seed. It's evolved in its own way, hatching bizarre forms of life. Is that is that your narration voice? Yes, I like that. Uh, that voice, good. Really that good. that is the uh, the little asterisk uh, catch up that we get. The editors that, note that the editors note that uh, Deadpool is himself grabbing and looking at. Uh, they come up against some really wild, uh, freaky alien dinosaur bird giant creatures. Grom, grom. Uh, mm-hmm. They make those great noises. Uh, there's uh, some really awesome action that goes down. They run into Husk. Husk. Two books this week for Husk. Yeah. yeah. Way to go, Husk. Let's call this <laughs> way to go. Husk is November. November is Husk month Husk here. Denver. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Husk corn for Thanksgiving dinner. Sh- sure. Keep keep going. Tom. Okay. Uh, uh, then there is a really kind of wild moment when uh, another Deadpool shows up, and it's Deadpool facing Deadpool, uh, and Spidey and Husk are in the mix as well. Uh, he this Deadpool is unmasked and who should it be but Dum Dum Dugan what is what and uh it just seems insane i mean the mustache and the hair gorgeous but the uh the the reveal is wild uh and then uh they continue on their path and then Dum Dum what turns out to rip off his mask and it's Captain America? What? And so they keep going. There's some awesome, more Carcaridon, Carcarious action going on. Uh, but these are like laser versions of Great White Sharks. They are, these are some of my favorites uh, that Robbie has written. Bruce and Deborah, mm-hmm. the Stranger Things loving sharks. Yeah. <laughs> Intelligent sharks with lasers and they're kind of uh, upset at life but they're adorable, and I love them. Uh, yeah, Bruce and Deborah are my favorites. Uh, uh, then, once more, as the issue comes to a close, uh, that the Captain America Deadpool says, no more games, no more jokes, no more masks, and, reve- and rips off the Steve Rogers mask to show himself, of course, as, as someone-, someone that would only make sense 
to be uh, in that position. And uh, it is a wild ride, but so fun. Are you kidding me? I think Robbie does such a great job with, Ben, what you were saying before mm-hmm. about managing the quips and like being yep. able to handle all of that, um, both in Spidey's voice and in Deadpool's voice. Right, but also Doing Spidey quips is one thing. Having to do Deadpool is a whole exactly. thing. The fourth wall breaking, he like does it he goes yeah. all in it's a lot of fun it's very those the the issues of spider-man versus deadpool that have come out so far have just been very fast paced mm-hmm. yes you don't feel like there's a page where nothing's going on yeah. yeah like there's always something going on it's crazy so much happening really fun all right let's get into some quick hits starting with black panther number 167 continuing the claw stand supreme marvel legacy storyline it's written by ta coates penciled by leonard kirk inks by mark deering color artist laura martin with matt mila we have uh, Thunderball being liberated from prison by Shuri. They've got a job for him back in Wakanda. Manifold helps get him back there. Uh, we learn a little bit more about what's going on with Claw. We learn uh, it's, it's, this is basically a debriefing issue. We learn a lot of things that have been going on with Wakanda. What happened with the Wakandan gods originally? Flying Panthers. Uh, Flying Panthers. Yeah, Shuri basically opens up uh, T'Challa's consciousness so that she can show... Um, uh, her this is not her actual mother, right? This is like her spirit spiritual mother. mother. Yeah. yeah, her spirit mother gives them Alma Mater. Yeah. Gives them a uh crash course in Wakanda history, the original gods that watched out for Wakanda, who they were guarding Wakanda from, what happened to them, and that leads T'Challa to have to make a decision on what he's gonna do next. Yeah, just seeing like Bast and the other uh, Wakandan originator gods. So cool. Really great look at that book. All right, we've got Cable number 151 written by Ed Brisson, art by John Mallon, colors by Jesus Arbutov. Uh, Look, the most important thing here. We've got Cruel. Cruel is in the house. Cruel is in the Cruel house. Cruel and Absalom. And Nicodemus. Nicodemus. Yeah. Burke shows up later. Yeah, Burke. It's an external Saul party, people. Saul. Is mentioned. Better and call shows Saul. Up. Uh, Gideon is, is Gideon's mentioned. in the wings. I like yeah. that they're dangling Gideon as like the carrot that yeah. maybe we'll get. Like, we'll give you Cruel now. Yeah. You got to <laughs> wait for Gideon. Yeah. As, as If you are, you know, reading the 90s mm-hmm. X-Force New Mutants, that kind of stuff. Like, this is candy. It is. Mm-hmm. You okay, yeah. Tucker? Tucker, I think, just threw up. I, like, I, I'm. it's just so good that uh, <laughs> I can't get my body is re- rebelling. Yeah. Do you, now, you remember Cruel, obviously. Yes. Um, but do you remember Absalom? No. Absalom showed up. Uh, he had the legacy virus. He died of the legacy virus. I remember because his whole thing was he could make little spikes come out of his body. And, you know, the legacy virus, like, turns your powers up to 11. So he was basically just this walking thing of spikes and then he exploded and it was gross and cannonball and boom boom tried to save him but they failed um one of the things i'm really loving about john mallon's art is dupe every time he draws dupe he does it in really funny ways and really interesting stuff just playing with dupe being in scenes there might one of my favorite scenes in the book is after they've dealt with the externals situation sure they're as much as anyone can deal with the external situation they're hanging out one of cable's bunkers and like Cable, Shatterstar, Dupe have all showered. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cable and Shatterstar, super shirtless, yep. just hanging out. They've got their towels on. Just, I don't know what it is. It made me so happy. It was just a fun, like, this is just casual time. We talked about it the first issue of Legacy for Cable, but this is the perfect assignment for John Mallon. Yeah. He just was plugged in like he was made to draw 
Cable in this particular story. Yeah, we've got Armor, who also shows up in another book this week. It's all about Armor and Hus this week, guys. X twenty three is in here. All about X twenty three, Armor and Hus this week, guys. <laughs> uh, but which one is this guy? This is that, uh, I think that's Burke. Is this Burke? I believe that is. Uh, Burke. He's the the precog. Yeah. Um, of the externals and but there's something nefarious with him and there's the search for who's murdering the externals what's really going on who's doing what real interesting stuff and we're, we're getting closer and closer to seeing the real machinations and a character shows up who uh we were not expecting mm-hmm. and it's cool to see that character Wah-ha-ha. next up captain marvel number 126 written by margaret stoll art by michelle bandini colors by eric r siniega and letters of course by Joe Carmagna. We start with Mim and Dr. Eve, who are in a cavern uh, somewhere in a faraway planet, and they are looking for a stone of some kind. Then we go see uh, Captain Marvel, who's floating in outer space, and then, whoa, 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 what? Alpha Flight, out of nowhere, having been destroyed during Secret Empire, is back. She uh, reteams up with her group. Uh, some weird stuff is happening. Some strange things are happening. Someone really unexpected shows up and starts to throw down uh, Captain Marvel all throughout. You kind of feel like she's just being tossed to and fro by all these crazy things going on, just managing to hang on by a thread each time. Uh, and then Mim and Dr. Eve are back in the cavern. They've gotten what they wanted. And then a certain guy shows up with a gun and he takes the stone from them, and uh, it means big things for the Marvel Universe. That. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'll be, let's be honest, it's a, it takes place in some sort of different reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are some reality. of my favorite stories, well, where we've got our characters tossed into this, you know, other place, and they have to deal with who's friend, who's foe, what mm-hmm. situation are they in. And I, I love Carol, like, figuring it all out, mm-hmm. playing, you know, for the rules, and also the twists on the characters that we see is really neat. Very cool. Generation X, number nine, written by Christina Strain, art by Emil Carpina, colors by Felipe Sobrero. We've got the aftermath of Krakoa's return. Uh, It's messed some stuff up. It's caused some cave-ins and some earthquakes around New York City, so the students are trying to help. Quentin Quire is being a jerk. Um, Bling and Jubilee are trapped underground, and Jubilee has not eaten in a little while, so Bling's trying to help her out. Husk and Chamber reunite to try to go and help their friends. Uh, Mercury gets a nice little spotlight here. Um, Quentin Quire finally makes himself useful, does some stuff. iBoy reveals his new powers that he can now see through things, which makes him just even more useful. Uh, Jubilee has to resist from eating some homeless people. She does a yeoman's job there. Um, And then once Chamber, Husk, and Jubilee reunite, basically um, Jubilee says, look, M is out there. She's mel- she's she's mashed up with M plate, um, and they are they are doing bad stuff. We got to shut them down. We get some more stuff between uh, Benjamin Deeds and Nathaniel Nathaniel Carver. Hindsight, uh, some really cool stuff going on with them. Some interesting developments, uh, romantic and otherwise. And the the Nathaniel stuff, like uh, is it? I think yeah, Nathaniel. He yeah. has the power, like touch person, and he can sort of see who they are yes. and it, it it's a really sad it's like a weird twist on rogues powers mm-hmm. and it's super sad it is sad love seeing nature girl as well she's really i like how she always has a mischievous smile on her face the yeah. way amilcar draws her 
and uh, Quentin Quire and Krakoa are going off to deal with something, and they uh, they're not they're not telling what it is. No, no. Uh, we just got Krakoa back. Please don't go. Mm. Please don't go. <laughs> Please don't go. All right, we've got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy: The Telltale Series number five, written by Fred Van Lente, art by Salva Espin, colors by Jim Campbell. This is the final issue of the limited series leading up to the events of Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale series, the game. Uh, You've got really cool little bit of business between Cosmo and Thanos. Uh, The Blood Brothers show up. Love the Blood Brothers. Blood Brothers who alternate their uh, speech patterns. Yeah. Which is great. Uh, And, you know, it's... It got that telltale vibe with, you know, you can see the characters trying to pick to make decisions and pick paths to go on. And uh, if you are playing the game, this is a really cool little prequel. Uh, I have the Invincible, the Invincible Iron Man number 594. This is part two of the search for Tony Stark. Uh, we start with MJ, Amanda, and Riri, who are outside of Stark Industries in that place I like to call New Jersey. Uh, and uh, then this guy co- shows up. His name is David. He claims to have been sent there by the board yep. of Stark Industries. Veteran of uh, of Brian Michael Bendis' Uncanny X-Men. Classic Bendis move. Yeah. Takes a character he created in, in, in another book, brings him in, yep. and in a really cool way. Yep. You know, you've got gold balls in Spider-Man. Yep. You've got Hijack now in Invincible Iron Man in this yep. role. I should say, while this is in the Bendisverse, uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, uh, art by Stefano Caselli and Alex Malayev. Uh, I like that you coined Bendisverse. Yeah, you guys have said that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, I'm, when he brings back I'm, those little references. We're great. <laughs> sounded too good for you to have come up with come on. Tucker. Yeah, give me the credit I deserve, which is not much. Uh, uh, then, so Riri starts to throw down uh, with Hijack, and then we go to Detroit, where some crazy stuff is, going, is happening with... Uh, uh, Doctor Doom. Well, you mentioned the two art style, like there's mm-hmm. different arts, which because you've got half the, part mm-hmm. of the story is following Riri, and so you've got the the Stefano art Caselli. Stefano Caselli art, and then the other parts are following Doctor Doom or Victor Von Doom and Iron still a guy. Yeah, he's he's still got his yeah, evil he's PhD. Still got his <laughs> uh, and following him, we've got the Alex Malev art. Um, now, I had questions in here because we see Chemistro, sure. Centurius. Mm-hmm. I don't know who these characters Chemistro are. Chemistro is an old Heroes for Hire villain. Okay. Uh, Centurius, I don't know where he originated, but I do remember that when Luke Cage had his team of Thunderbolts, Centurius was one of the Thunderbolts. Oh, uh, he was, like a, on the with with Mr. Hyde yep, and and yep, that, that crew. The Kev, Wa- that Kev Walker drawn Thunderbolts. Yeah, that, that was, was great good. stuff. So that is what I know about Chemistro and Centurius. Uh, so Doom has showed up to Detroit, where he's met up with Chemistro and a group of baddies. Uh, then we go back to New Jersey, where Riri is still throwing down. MJ maces the dude, which <laughs> is awesome, and it throws off his ability to hi- have hijacked all of the uh, uh, Stark uh, equipment. Two appearances for Mary Jane this week, too. It's true, but if Mary Jane in the Iron Man books was just leading to her saying, face a tiger, you got maced, yep. <laughs> worth it. it. Uh then we jump back, and Doom is getting the, uh, beaten up by this uh, gang of bad guys. He finally uh, uh, kind of manages to get away using the suit. Then we go to Stark Industries, where the board is meeting. Amanda is not happy. There's a really funny part where uh, she takes out a guitar and beats a dude with it. Um, <laughs> because like she... Uh, is not so happy that he's trying to usurp Tony Stark's company out from under him while he's not there. Uh, and uh, as mother as a mother does, she's worried about her son. And uh, again, the search continues. Mm-hmm. 
beautiful cover to Luke Cage number 167 by Raza, who uh, completely awesome. all the covers the script here. for these legacy issues by Raza have been amazing, tremendous stuff. But this looks completely different yes. than anything else we've seen. From A great Raza. Saul Bassy kind of credit sequence yeah. reference, so cool. But uh, on the inside, we've got written by David F. Walker, art by Guillermo Sana, and colors by Marcio Menez. Uh, Luke is locked up in a prison. Ringmaster, the latest creepy, mind-controlling supervillain that's just like in, in the vein of the Purple Man and Mr. Fear. This guy has now stepped up a notch, and he is just creepy as all get out. Part, you know what kind of reminds me of almost how the owl was elevated yes. in a way mm-hmm. in Daredevil like was that the Bendis run yeah. or is that the Brubaker run I think it was you're talking about are you talking about the owl or are you talking about Mr. Fear who I was just talking I about I was thinking about the owl the owl got elevated more in like the Mark Wade run hmm. anyway <laughs> well, but there's ways when elevate a villain and make him creepy and yep. cool just really neat with the ringmaster here yeah ringmaster totally creepy here um messing with this entire prison basically pulling the strings um there is a mine underneath the prison that he's trying he's sending people down there they're not coming back from there uh we don't know everything about that yet we do know that luke cage can't remember anything about himself which the kind of clever thing that david does is he has this guy who's the captain of the guard show up and say look i can't remember anything about myself either but i know you're luke cage because luke cage is a famous superhero and you're known and luke's kind of like i don't know if i believe you or not um they have these horrible headaches because they're trying to fight back against the master's powers unfortunately a group of another group of neo-nazis shows up it's a big week for neo-nazis um, they Not should, good at all. Yeah, never good. But it's uh, great seeing Luke Cage beat the yeah, crap Luke Cage out of him. Beat the crap out of him. They try to use knives on him. That page, that yep. splash page right there yep. with Cage. He's got one in a headlock. He's punching another. He's yep. kneeing the other one. It's like, yeah. Very cool stuff. So Luke and his buddy, basically, uh, they just want to know what's going on. Uh, what is the ringmaster doing? The ringmaster is just using his powers for all sorts of badness. He's got the guards under his control. He's got the inmates under his control. And he is going to send Luke Cage down into the mine. Mm. All right, we've got Monsters Unleashed, number eight, written by Colin Bunn, art by Andreo Borcado, and colors by Chris Sotomayor. Uh, we've got Fin Fang Foom and the evil Fin Fang Foom, the poison Fin Fang Foom. Uh, which, so if you read Venomverse, you know the poisons. This is a cool connection to that series, but you don't have to have read that. Uh, this also has a really great connection to the Drax series. Yeah, that was so cool. Made me so happy. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Fin Fang Foom has been summoned by Kai Kawade to uh, fight evil Fin Fang Foom, and Foom is just like, I want to go back to my farm. Mm-hmm. I have squash. Yep. Mm-hmm. I want to do uh, th- that's my life. That's what I want to do. But yeah. I I will fight here but you Kai, you have to stand up. You have to let go of your fear. I can see into your mind. You Foom's just a great heroic character here. Yeah. This is everything I've always wanted for Foom. Yeah. <laughs> I want Foom to be a farmer, to be a hero, to be, you know, the just the conqueror but in a good way. Yep. You know, he's kind of like a like a Game of Thrones character like sure. you know. Uh, what's her name? Daenerys. He's like he's like our Daenerys. Yeah, yeah. you know, one hundred percent. And he's Makes a dragon, happy. so that works totally. Uh, we got Fin Fang Foom, and then the rest of Kai's monsters show up. There's a big old brawl. It's awesome action adventure. Uh, some cool stuff between Kai and his family, and you know, figuring out what's to come. But Kai is still troubled. There's still problems, uh, and we move on as 
the book continues. The book continues with a new creative team coming next issue. What? Justin Jordan's going to be writing the book. What? Yeah, so it should be pretty exciting. Awesome. Moon Girl number 25, uh, written by Brandon Montclair, art by Natasha Bustos, colors by Tom Raban Uh This is Fantastic Three, part one. And we immediately get right into it with the ever loving blue eyed thing and Johnny Storm hanging out in the lab with. Uh, with Lunella, uh, there's some great little references, great conversation between the three of them. Uh, then we go to Rockefeller University where a laboratory experiment has gone wrong. We jump to all different uh, iconic locations across New York City where things are being stolen and plundered and bad stuff is happening. Seemingly go, by the Fantastic Four. Seemingly by the Fantastic Four. We see some stretchy arms. We see some flames. We see some rock guy stuff. Uh, then some we go back to the. We see some invisibility. I uh, don't see it. <laughs> uh, we go back to the real Johnny Storm and thing and Moon Girl, uh, where they're continuing their conversation. Uh, Lunella goes back to her school, and stuff starts going down in the schoolyard when Sil- Silver Surfer shows up. Uh, the thing and Johnny throw down with him. Uh, there's a great little action fight scene, and he kind of calls them uh, to a halt because, as he is, he is someone's something, and that someone shows up uh, in a really cool way. Uh, kind of a, a really unexpected great thing for a book like for a book like Moon Girl. Um, broke but it's so fun. Great. Let's keep going. <laughs> Star Wars, number 39, written by Karen Gillen, art by Salvador LaRocca, colors by Guru EFX. We're dealing with the ashes of Jeddah as the Empire has returned to Jeddah in hopes of getting kyber crystals. Our heroes are parlaying with the remaining dissidents on Jeddah itself, trying to get their help, trying to enlist them to stop the Empire. Talking with Benthic. Talking with old Benthic. Is he from the movies? He's from Rogue One. Very he cool. was one of Saw Gerrera's, uh, you know, lieutenants. We or, hear a lot about mm-hmm. Saw Gerrera and a lot about Rogue One in this issue. There's a yeah. lot of Rogue One references. It's, it's cool. Which is cool. It's Very like, cool. It, you know, they are not forgotten. Yeah, and we've still got... Uh, Space Cable. Space Cable. I <laughs> love this guy so much. Yeah. And the budding something between him, him and the and Queen the... of Shadowrun. Yes. Trios, I believe her name is. Yes. Uh, great stuff going on there. Um, Luke has a little bit of a lesson in all the heartache that's been happening on Jeddah. Luke gets to cut loose a bit with his lightsaber, takes out some stormtroopers. Might not be the best idea. Uh, might not want to draw so much attention because now the civilians are in danger. Um, and I love that the Queen of Shadowrun and... Um, there's a there's a tool that she can deploy and she lets Space Cable do it instead and he goes you were right I did enjoy that uh, <laughs> I like like what I'm saying I like what's happening there yeah and I uh, I also like the last line that gets given to Mr Han Solo who says hey haven't you heard destroying really expensive Imperial equipment that's Luke's and my specialty yep and that leads us into the next issue yeah. All right, last book of the week is X-Men Gold, number 16, written by Mark Guggenheim, pencils by Lan Medina, inks by Jay Lyston and Craig Young, colors by Frank Martin and Andrew Crossley. Uh, it opens up with uh, Kitty Pride. She's on a talk show. She's on Cross Time. Cross Time. Cross Time. <laughs> uh, talking with uh, the just the bigoted, nasty, racist uh, woman who is 
against mutants. They're having this conversation, and it's, do we get a host name for Cross Time? Uh, I don't know. Is it just hosted? I'm going to assume it's hosted by Melrose Place's March Across. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but you know, maybe. Yeah, we'll I'll, see. let's put it out there. Who edited this book? Uh, Talk to him about it. Let's see. Editors are uh, Chris Chris Robinson and Mark Panicia. Oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> Robinson will do whatever I tell him. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, Kitty says, so I'm genuinely curious. What Love is this. so broken inside people like you that you have to target anyone who's different? Booyah. Ooh. Uh, it's great. And then after the interview, Kitty and uh, Colossus are sort of walking around the city, like coming down, figuring out what to do. Uh, they get some smooching going on. Mm. And then she surprised them because she got a hotel room for them in the what? city, even though they live just like a couple blocks away. You know what that means? As my notes say, hotel room equals bone, bone zone. zone. Exclamation mark. Yeah. This reminds <laughs> me of last week's episode, a new episode of Total Divas, <laughs> where uh, Carmela and Big Cass were out visiting L.A., so Maurice and The Miz invite them to come stay with them, but Maurice is worried that Big Cass, because he's seven feet tall, which you can't teach, um, will not fit in a normal bed. So she orders a special nine foot by nine foot bed for him, can't get it in the house, puts it out by the pool, says, this is where you guys are sleeping. And the reason it reminded me of this is because Carmela goes, I don't want to sleep at Ms. Maurice's house. We got a hotel room, you know, so we can see each other. <laughs> Total Divas, guys. Watch it. Wednesday, Wednesdays at 9 on the E! Network. Man, that almost seems like they would be scripted if yeah. it wasn't so wacky. These <laughs> it's, too, it's too wacky. It's yeah. too wacky. It's not scripted. It's too wacky. Uh, but Kitty and Peter. Back to X-Men. Yeah. Back to the Bone Zone. They're there. Now, here's the thing. They get a room at La Parca Meridian Hotel. Mm. La Parca Meridian has one of my favorite burger joints in New York City. This sure. is a tip for anyone who is coming to visit New York City. Burger tip. Inside La Parker Meridian on 56th Street is a secret burger joint oh. called The Burger Joint. I think I've been there, actually. Probably, because it's great. Yeah. Uh, you walk in, you go to the left, and there's... Find like a curtain. Yeah, curtains, right? like these yeah. red curtains. Yep, I've been there. And it's, it's delicious. Just, yeah, it's great. great uh, burger joint, really good, solid as all can be. Uh, burger place. Now, I could be wrong. Mm. I've never stayed there. But they wake up, Peter and Kitty wake up, and they can see the park. They're on 56th Street. The park is on 59th. There are buildings there. I just was like, can you see the park from there? <laughs> yep. Maybe the building is tall enough. Maybe they were on a high enough floor. Maybe there wasn't something there. So I'll give them the benefit of the Mark doubt. Guggenheim, not a New Yorker as far as I know. <laughs> yeah. But we've got our editors yeah. who are, you know. Yeah, but like, as we just established, this is Chris Robinson. The guy's asleep <laughs> at the wheel. <laughs> Come on. Oh, we love uh, Chris. Uh, do anyway. we? Yeah. Okay. I do. I, I do love so. Chris. He's a good um, guy. All right, so back to all that. The Bone Zone, great, all that fine stuff. Back at the park, back at the, uh, is it the Xavier's? What, what do they call the, uh, the What school? do they call it these days? Probably the Xavier Institute for Higher Learning, something along those lines. Sure. Uh, back at the school, Old Man Logan is super pleased because there's a unity rally. Some mm. people who are just so showing their support for the X-Men uh, in front of the place, and they're like, uh, what do we do? They're kind of confused by it, but of course, the sky opens up. Chaos and calamity start happening. Uh, <clears throat> pick up a thread from previous issues with Kologoth, mm -hmm. the uh, weird, gnarly alien dude. Yep. And there's a cool twist of who comes to get him and why they're coming to get him and what happens. Some of our characters do not make it out mm -hmm. of this unscathed, oh, no. and that sends our, our uh, heroes on a mission. Yep. 
Also out this week digitally and uh, I'm assuming in print is Punisher the Platoon number three. No? Comicsology only. only. Mature rated. Mm. Mm. Punisher the Platoon number three. Check that book out if you are of age. Yeah, well, I haven't gotten it. It doesn't come in my bundle. It doesn't come in my bundle either. It doesn't come in my digital bundle either. I should be getting everything. Darn it. I have to ask for the copies of that. Probably Chris Robinson. (laughs) Um, Collections on sale this week. All New Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 Communication Breakdown. Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe again. Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme Volume 2 Time After Time. Generations is out in hardcover. That's a good pickup to uh, grab for the holidays maybe. I Am Groot. Infamous Iron Man Volume 2, The Absolution of Doom, Nick Fury, Deep Cover Capas. Uh, so good. That's, yeah, that's your That book. is definitely, get that book if you've not read yeah. that Nick Fury series. Uh, Star Wars, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, Volume 1, Imperial Machine. That's a long one. Ultimates 2, Volume 2, Eternity War. So and good. X-Men Blue, Volume 2, Toil and Trouble. Also on sale on the Marvel app is Marvel Adventures Fantastic Four, number 17 through 30. Psy uh, Force 1 through 9, Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos 33 through 43, and Tales of the Thing numbers 1, 2, and 3. And digital collections on sale this week. We've got Captain America Masterworks Volume 6, Fear Itself, Thunderbolts, Hulk Abominable, Marvel's The Avengers, The Avengers Initiative, and Sergeant Fury Masterworks Volume 4. Freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited, we've got Daredevil number 20, Deadpool vs. the Punisher number 3, Generation X number 1, Guardians of the Galaxy Mother Entropy number 3, Invincible Iron Man number 7, Luke Cage number 1, Mighty Thor number 19, Monsters Unleashed number 2, Nick Fury number 2, Star Wars Poe Dameron number 15, Punisher, the original 1987 volume, issues 10, as well as 63 through 75, Punisher War Journal from 1988, issues 9 through 18, Royals number three, Secret Empire number two, Spider-Man Punisher Family Plot number one and two from 1996, Star Wars number 31, Punisher number 12, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 20, U.S. Avengers number six, Ultimates 2 number seven, and X-Men Gold number four. Mm-hmm. How do? That's a lot of books. So now we've got a special treat. We've got Young Tucker and Young Maggie, as we mentioned, did an interview about the upcoming X-Men Red with Mark Panicha and Christina Harrington. And we're going to go to that right now. And now, from Marvel Headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News! Hey everybody, welcome to This Week in Marvel. I am Tucker Marcus, assistant editor, and today we have we have a very special setup. I am joined by... Maggie Klontova, digital media intern. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Way to go, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. we are joined by two very special guests here. Guys, please do the do the do the duty. Introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Mark Panicia. I'm the X Men group editor. And I'm Christina Harrington. I'm an assistant editor in the X Men office, and that has never gotten old. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Um, I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about today, uh, which is X-Men Red. Uh, super exciting. Uh, f- uh, you know, Jean Grey fans everywhere are uh, can't wait for this book. Uh, before we jump into that, I, I'm feeling in a festive spirit. <laughs> and to okay. be honest, I'm not entirely sure whether this, this what we're recording right now, is going to go up 
before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving? So I figured we would just cover our bases and 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 we'll do the pre-Thanksgiving questions. So it's like, what are you what are you guys thankful for? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I feel like I should say comic books? Question yeah. mark. Wow, uh, because of where we're, yeah, <laughs> I love comics. Uh, I, and also, yourself, I'm very thankful for this job. I will have been here for three years in February, mm-hmm. which feels crazy to me. And every day I get to pinch myself and make X-Men books, which is cool. And I probably just stole Mark's thing. <laughs> so I'm going to talk a little bit longer so he can think about it. Oh, no, I've run out of things to say. Mark, it's your turn. Here we go. Uh, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> and then, our, then should this this run after Thanksgiving? How was dinner, guys? <laughs> was it great? I'm still sleeping. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm planning on making my own turkey this year, so I will either be like, "It was great," or right. "It was a disaster." <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'll touch uh, base after. Yeah, listeners will be eager to hear how it went. <laughs> uh, Record an addendum. <laughs> right. <laughs> to cover all the bases. Um, <laughs> Merry Christmas and yeah. Happy yeah. New Year's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. Uh, uh, so to get back into X Men Red, mm-hmm. um, can you give guys give us the background on the book? It's being written by Tom Taylor, art by Mahmoud Azrar. Um, where did the idea start? Obviously, we have X Men Blue and X Men Gold, which are so much fun. Uh, two of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yourself on the back. Yourself on the back. Uh, uh, so yeah, can you you ex- uh, give us a little background on the the rainbowification of of X Men? Well, the, the the thing is, is with Jean coming back, um, it, it just gave us an opportunity to create a, a new team. Mm. You know, um, she's coming back to a, a world that's vastly different from the one that she remembers. Right. So kind of stepping into the world outside your window and seeing what's going on out there um, and uh, what's happened to, you know, she's lost Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't know about a lot of the stuff that Scott has done. So th- th- she's kind of like going through this this period of uh, just processing mm-hmm. what's happened, mm-hmm. um, and then she comes up with a plan, and um, it's a really beautiful moment that uh, that Tom Taylor wrote. But uh, but just getting back to to your original question is we you know we had Jean back and we kind of like sat around and thought what would a Jean Grey led team book look like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and she's like a hero. Jean's our hero, right? right? She's yeah, the heart and soul of the X Men. She's always been this heroic person. So I think even coming back to a world mm-hmm. that's a very different place than where she left, she's still going to have those heroic impulses. She mm-hmm. wants to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. She wants to change the world for the better, and that's what this book is about. It is about her getting a group of people together who are thoroughly invested in making the world a better place, and then going out there and doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our big bad is somebody I don't think anyone's going to expect. We don't want to obviously mm-hmm. spoil it yet um but her coming up against this person who uh is one of her oldest enemies perhaps Mm -hmm. uh is going to kind of like some wrinkles in the plants for change uh but she's yeah she's out there to literally change the world for the better it's like it's a whole new ball game once this character comes comes onto the field yeah yeah Uh, and tom taylor's writing it beautifully he's the greatest uh so Tom Taylor, uh, also writer of All New Wolverine, which is fantastic. I just f- got finished reading uh, this week's issue. Uh, cool, right? Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. Awesome. That, there's that it. one moment in there where you're like, "What? what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. What is happening? It's, it's, it's all pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. Uh, so I, that leads me to the team. 
the 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 red team obviously we don't want to talk too much about how they come together mm-hmm. in the story but can can you guys explain what the decision making process was behind choosing these characters well this you know when when I first approached Tom about it and I said hey think of you know just blue sky it mm. who who do you who would you want on this team yeah. And he came back with some names that I was like, okay, yeah, those were Blue Sky. We just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's plans for those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he came back with a, like a like a really interesting list, and and I was like, hmm, how? But how is this all gonna like play out? Mm-hmm. And he's like, trust me, trust me. Right. And uh, and we you know we were on the phone for a while, and he he started explaining the um, the roles that each one of these characters uh, would play, and um, and it does it does make sense. Mm. It's um, you know, it's an eccentric uh, lineup yeah. Yeah. to mm-hmm. say the least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he writes. Laura and Gabby very well um, and I, I, I think you know um, I I certainly don't mind more Tom Taylor writing Absolutely. you know Gabby yeah. and Laura yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so that's kind of that was kind of easy mm-hmm. and then the other characters it, it all makes sense when you read that first issue right. yeah, it's definitely a story driven team uh, when Mark first told me the list I too went what? who? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah. Um, and then we read the first script, and then we read the second script, and then we talked about the rest of the arc, and it, it clicks. It starts clicking together. I think that's something that uh, the people on this team have in common is that they're all pragmatic. Uh, maybe Namor in a very different way. <laughs> His pragmatism isn't maybe uh, like a positive thing uh, necessarily, but they're all pragmatic individuals who have strong uh, visions for what the future should look like. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah. it's like it's like you know, Jean is very optimistic, right? Yes. And then she looks at this world and and goes, you know, I I want to change this. Mm-hmm. And these other these other characters, um, they want to protect her and mm-hmm. protect her vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like Christina's saying, they're kind of pragmatic. They're they're like, well, you know, it's not that this is not an easy world to change. Right. Yeah. You're right, gonna right. need help. Right. And you're gonna need help in these specific ways. Mm-hmm. Mm. And they all bring something specifically to the team. I'm right. really, really excited to get Nightcrawler and Jean back oh, together yeah. on a team. Their friendship is, like, it just makes my heart feel good. <laughs> like, uh, just reading them uh, talking to each other. And Tom completely gets the two of them and the way that they interact. Uh, we just got the script for issue two in. Mm-hmm. And there's there's some good Nightcrawler bits in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just love it. I can't wait to see what else happens with this team and, like, how those dynamics sort of evolve. Because that's one of the best parts of the X-Men, right? Mm-hmm. So you get these great relationship moments and this sort of... Of high drama that happens and so for such different characters to be on a team together you really get to mind those relationships and mm-hmm. and tom's great at that stuff yeah. so i can't wait and mahmoud oh my gosh his acting is so uh, incredible yeah. his gene i'm like every page that he sends in i'm just like falling in love with her more mm-hmm. and more it's just it's fabulous that's awesome that's great yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm sorry no no, no. please no, please no, please no. I'm, I'm a big fan of the the gene and uh and and Kurt uh, relationship yeah, too yeah. because you know I've X Men was the the Burn Claremont X Men were my gateway to Marvel mm-hmm. so um, all those characters just really hold a special place in my heart and it's really cool to see those characters together and yeah. sharing like intense moments yeah so it's the best yeah 
Yeah, so obviously you have a lot of like established characters who are coming back, but you're introducing a new character, actually. Could you mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about them? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I thought was really appealing about the, the lineup that Tom had was that it it really harkened back to that like the global aspect that yes. all new, all different X Men mm-hmm. had, mm-hmm. Um, and this you know the multinational. Uh, Roster. Oh my! <laughs> I, I just leaned on Siri. <laughs> I, I am incredibly embarrassed. Siri, Siri, go home. All right. Does she have questions uh, about X Men Red? Perhaps. Uh, you know, I bet she would. Sorry to sorry, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. <laughs> we should be asking her questions. Yeah, we should. Wow. <laughs> wow. Get Tom think? and Siri in a room together. I completely derailed you. Please. Please continue. So, um, you know, so Tom Tom had this idea for this character, uh, who we'll learn a lot more about. Um, but she can I can say that she's a, a technopath, mm. um, which is really kind of relevant and topic to you know what's going on out there Completely. today, um, and and kind of gives the X Men or gives Jean a teen, uh, Jean's teen a. Um, uh, a power set that we really haven't explored yeah, yeah. in a while. Yeah. We should have named the book Jeans Team with an exclamation point after it. Okay. Yeah, just be like, hey, just you know, say it ten times fast, guys. I promise you can't. <laughs> um, yeah, are we talking about her her code name yet? I think it's out there in the world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah Trinary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's great. Um, definitely get a, a lot more of her in issue two. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the way that we the way we meet Trinary is one of my favorite moments in the book. Uh, that issue is is great. Yeah, it's really cool. Full stop. It's a great issue. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so and, to, and actually, Trinary. Yeah. Um, is uh, her joining the team and what she brings to the table actually has to do with the new costumes. Oh, <laughs> oh, we got so much feedback. Oh, that's about those awesome. costumes. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I love Jean's costume for the record. Uh, <laughs> I love that it plays off of the 90 shoulder pads yeah, and yeah, like yeah. headgear situation. Uh, I love it so much. Ever we've gotten like you either uh, it seems like people either, yeah, love, either it love it or, or they hate it. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Oh, I feel like some of the best things usually are that way. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh so to 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 look at this from a, 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 like a, another perspective from your guys angle um why tom why my mood like what 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 about that like those two guys who are incredible um at what they do what what made them right for this project well i think i think with tom um you know this office has had a great time uh working with tom and yeah and it was like you know what else? What else do you want to do, Tom? Mm-hmm. And he yeah. really wanted to do a team book. Right. Um, he's great at, at at solo characters, and he's really good at teams. Mm. Um, so you know, when, when we first kind of threw this idea around for Gene having a team, um, it was just like, dude, does this interest you? And I knew that you know, if it was something that Tom was interested in, that we we're going to get a hundred and ten percent back yeah, from him. Absolutely, and, and we did. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Mahmood goes, uh, I've always been a Mahmood fan, and you know, Mahmood uh, just wrapped up uh, doing some 
some fairly big projects and some some pretty uh, decent runs, mm-hmm. and um, and he was really dying to get back into the to the ex office. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the, it was just like perfect timing. Mm-hmm. We were dying to have him back too. Yeah. Uh, his work during uh, Bendis's run on on. Uh, the X-Men, some of my favorite mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's such a great fit for the characters. I think he, both he and Tom are really good at, at mixing action and emotion. And that's what we need for this for this series. And that's Absolutely. what I think you need for a really successful team run is that you need to be able to do the big action scenes where everybody's punching everybody. Mm-hmm. But you also need to have, you know, those good, uh, you know, quieter beats where everybody's punching everybody but in an emotional way. <laughs> uh, and I think that they're both really good at that. So Tom is such a uh, an exciting part of this book. Can you talk about the rest of the creative team that's involved? Uh, yeah, um, we've got um, a really talented colorist. Yeah, Eve Servicina is coming on uh, to color over Mahmoud. Mahmoud is really excited to bring Eve on, mm. uh, and we are too. Uh, the colors we've been getting in are, are superhero, but definitely really uh, and cool. yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah taking liberties really... where you can. He really brings uh, like a really unique vision to the book. Yeah, so and one that Mahmood really wanted. So yeah, we're That's really great. excited about it. And there's nothing better than you know when an artist and uh, and, and a color artist are um, are really you know jiving. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And who's who do we have on covers? Oh, well, we've got uh, Travis Charre. I'm so jealous. He gets, who, to, he gets to talk to Travis Charre. <laughs> <laughs> Who uh, you know, I'm a I'm a huge fan of of Travis's stuff. I think that he's one of the best comic book artists out there. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, he gave me a call and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" And I'm like, <laughs> "You want to? I've got a book I can, <laughs> that, I, that I can uh, you know because he he actually was he's like you know." Do you have any any cool books coming up? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> boy, do I! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, he uh, he was really excited when he heard about it, um, and uh, really really excited about Gene coming back and Gene leading a team and Nightcrawler being involved and and one other character that I can't really get into right now because we haven't announced <laughs> that <laughs> person <laughs> yet. Secret um, secrets. But uh, but Travis he was he was so excited about doing this that he's like, Hey, can I do the corner box heads? And like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you think we would say no to that? <laughs> That's They're great. Beautiful covers too. Yeah. The the main cover to issue one is just a shot of Jean and like the look on her face like would will haunt you. Like mm. it's just so gorgeous. So cool. And then um the second issue is gonna have uh Nightcrawler on it. Yeah. And it, it looks awesome. Oh. Otherworldly awesome. and beautiful and I think I might tweet a little piece of it. Oh yes. okay. yes. keep an eye out for that. Yeah. And mm. with Jean and like the connection that fans have to her and, yes. and all that that it's going to the, just all the ammo that that's mm-hmm. going to bring to the table. It's so exciting. Yeah. yeah. The, the feedback that we've gotten about uh, well, Phoenix Resurrection is her return uh, and it's on sale in December through January and then X-Men Red launches in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the reaction that we got to Phoenix Resurrection was awesome uh, and I was very excited about it and then we announced X-Men Red and I was on vacation yeah. and all of a sudden like I was I was like at Disney World and I was like checking mm-hmm. my, my, my Twitter occasionally and suddenly mm-hmm. I had like 700 <laughs> notifications and I was like somebody tagged me or something yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like is this a bad thing? And I clicked through and it was like oh no 
no, it's X-Men Red. This is great. Yeah. Everyone's really psyched about it. We are too. Uh, the creative team is. Uh, we just can't wait for people to grab this book and to grab Phoenix and mm-hmm. have Jean Grey back. Like, what's better than that? Having Jean Grey back. Come on. Yeah, yeah that Absolutely. was like the most time I've spent on yeah. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you were on it a lot. Yeah. I was like, wow, Mark's liking all of these replies. <laughs> I'm like a ghost in the shadows watching. Right. right. Uh, uh, I, and, I mean, just this is a side thing but since you mentioned it phoenix resurrection <laughs> oh my god yeah i am so excited <laughs> gonna be incredible matt rosberg the best uh so to finish things off uh i i know so many people are so excited about this this new book i wanted to get to give you guys the chance to do your best like like movie End of trailer, one-liner, oh tagline, <laughs> where it's like this, uh, like a little tease, a description of what's going on, uh, and and really just kind of like, you know, set this to sail. <laughs> I'm putting a lot of pressure on you, but... This but, is a lot of pressure, friend. <laughs> uh, I want to see, I wanna see uh, what we can do. Buy the book. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> this uh, February. <laughs> this February. <laughs> By Jean's team. <laughs> That's it. That's all you got for me. Uh, well, again, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk. Uh, thank you I, for having us. I couldn't be more excited. Uh, really grateful. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. uh, Bring it back around. Bring it back around. Uh, one. Yeah. To, to talk to you guys and uh, for the existence of this book. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. All right. Thanks Great. for having thanks, us. Guys. Thank you so much. Marvelites, this is editor Christine Din, joined by editor Eric Goldman. And it is a very short week this week because uh, for our American listeners, it is Thanksgiving. It is indeed. So yeah, it is uh, literally a short week for us as far as work week is concerned. Because we're all going home Wednesday and going off to various (laughs) turkey meals uh, around, around the country. And we dropped, uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday, so when you're listening to this, you will see our Marvel's Runaways Thanksgiving promo. Yep. Um, with our, you know, Runaways having a fr- Friendsgiving dinner. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> I have to mention the fact that Thanksgiving, almost the end of November, and L.A. has been hit by a heat wave. All out of nowhere. <laughs> Runaways is set in L.A., so it's all tying in. <laughs> um, <laughs> Out of nowhere, it sucks. Uh, yeah, it's like 90s this week. Uh, but I am amused because I'm sitting across from Christine at a table and she has a blanket wrapped around her. <laughs> we put the AC on blast. <laughs> we do, we do. I know. So it has to be pretty cold in here. <laughs> like um, our crew members were telling us that they're heading to Phoenix this weekend and they're, they're just baffled that Phoenix is colder than LA. It's not right. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't like it, but I am going to Seattle um, after Thanksgiving. I'm spending Thanksgiving, well, sort of locally, Santa Barbara, where my sister lives. But then I'm going to Seattle, where I'm expecting it will not be in the 90s. So um, I, I don't know what I'm going to do other than dye my 
my studio. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what's going to keep me company? Marvel's Runaways. That's right. We have the first three episodes available now on Hulu. Yeah. A very good way to spend some time, I think, over this holiday weekend. Yes. And if, you know... You want to know more about each of the Runaways? We're still going strong with our interviews on Marvel.com. This week we dropped uh, interviews with the Stein family, mm-hmm. and then we have the Yorks family, and then we're gonna cap it off with the Deans. Yep, yep. Uh, Gets a sort of a look at all the the interesting family dynamics that go on in that show. Uh, but yeah, first three episodes are up now. And- I think, you know, I was even talking to someone here in the office about what a great way that is to just, you know, sneak away from the family, you know, (laughs) or watch with your family. (laughs) I mean, this could be a good way for you to tell your parents, maybe you're more normal than I thought and not as evil as the parents that were watching on TV. That's right. And I've got no scary red robes going on. Uh, And then uh, on the TV front, um, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming back very soon. Next week. Next week. Crazy. It's it's crazy when you say next week because I'm like, oh yeah, December is next week. Yes. And we have a two-hour premiere. Things are bananas. (laughs) We're in space. We are in space indeed. Uh, And a a new trailer went up. Gives you another kind of look at what's going on. Um, has some bits you might have seen in a clip that went up last week about some creatures that are chasing them. But, you know, it's space. There's a lot of things out there. So you mm-hmm. might see some interesting things in that trailer. Some some people with blue skin. You'll uh, see new faces. New faces. You'll see Coulson getting a, a very um, upbeat reaction that kind of throws <laughs> him off his guard. Yeah. Yes. So uh, check that out for sure. Yeah, and then um, over this past weekend, I got this really cool opportunity. I went to Vulture Fest for fun. And I'm really bummed that I didn't make it to that because they had a lot of cool panels. Totally a lot of cool panels. Yeah. And the panel I went to was, you know, conversations between Ryan Coogler, who is the director of Black Panther, and... Um, Ava, am I saying her last name wrong? Ava DuVernay? I don't know. I love her, and I don't know if you're saying her name wrong. But uh, she's the director for Disney's upcoming A Wrinkle in Time, and I didn't realize the conversation was solely going to be about uh, Black Panther and A Wrinkle in Time, which is two hugely, like, anticipated films from, you know, Disney and Marvel, upcoming spring, and seriously, that conversation was so electric. People were actually really emotional, and you know, you know, Ava and Ryan had really done a lot of like smaller indier films, you know, and you know, they talked about like what it, what it meant to them to take on this big blockbuster, yeah. and especially when Ryan revealed that he is only thirty one, and then Ava uh, revealed that she only picked up the camera for the first time at thirty two. Wow! I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Ryan is Marvel's youngest director. Right, right. Um, I hope I gave that tidbit correctly because I I did saw in the This Week in Marvel comments that I incorrectly said that Taika was our first non-American director. Ah, no. I think you're right, though. For Marvel Studios, for the film side, because I'm sure people look at every director of every TV episode, but on the film side, I think you're right about him being the, the youngest so far. Yeah, and I'm just like, I mean, like you probably were thirty when you actually first direct, like started directing Black Panther, and I'm like, 
I'm 32. I, I'm like really slow and behind right now. But it was really cool just for them to say like why they took this project on. And it was because, you know, like if this movie came out when they were both 10, like what an impact that would have created for right. them to let them know like this is something that is a possibility. And, you know, Ava revealed that she did this movie because she has a niece who's 13. And, you know, she has a chance to let her niece know that this is a character, like the main protagonist of Wrinkle in Time is like, you can be the hero of your own story. And both films really redefine who gets to be a hero. Mm -hmm. It's not limited to just one demographic. Like everyone can be a hero. Yeah, no, it's really, I think, I think, uh, Wrinkle Time's opening in March, right? Yep. So just a month after Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to see both those movies coming so soon. I know, and back to back. And so they were talking about how they both have an office on the Disney lot. Mm-hmm. So they're only like two feet away from each other. Oh, wow. And they go, and oh my gosh, Ava made everyone so emotional because as, as the uh, conversation ended, she was like, wait, before you guys exit the room, I really want you know you guys to know something. And she turns to Ryan and she was just telling him how him being there is like the highlight of her week every week to you know discuss with him to really share their high moments and their um, you know the hurdles that they have to go through and you know she could never really imagine that you know here are two people of color working on these like two glamorous projects and that they can do at the same time. That's really, really cool. Wow. Yeah. Now I'm more sad I didn't make it to. Uh, yes. that all of there, there was a lot of panels I wanted to go yeah. to. I didn't make it to any of them, and that <laughs> sounds really, really cool. Um, I'm recapping the, uh, so if you head to marvel.com, I'm recapping like the things that we heard from Ryan and mm-hmm. Ava, and if things are going to go as planned, mm-hmm. I will have a video embed of the whole discussion. Right, right. So uh, for you all to check it out. Um, by the way, as we're talking, the AC just turned on much higher in here, and now I wish I had a blanket <laughs> <laughs> or a jacket. <laughs> but, um, you also reminded me, though, of people who are now in the Marvel family mm-hmm. who doing stuff very young, which is Josh Schwartz, you know, co-creator, EP of Marvel's Runaways. Uh, when the OC started, which he, you know, created yeah. on his own, he was the youngest showrunner ever. He was 26 or 27. Oh my god! And, was, and so he was the youngest <laughs> youngest person at the time. I don't know if it's been broken or not, but I know at the time he was the youngest person to ever be the showrunner on a series. So so bananas, yeah, right? Right? <laughs> kind of insane. But on the flip side, I did read today. Uh, I random someone retweeted <laughs> how um, Boris Karloff was forty four when he like broke into movies in Frankenstein. And, oh, you know, so we still have technically <laughs> like a decade. <laughs> get our life together Eric. <laughs> so you never never know i wish i had a joke until i was 44 it's very optimistic of you <laughs> um it was um there was i'm trying to remember there was another panel at the vulture fest that i really really wanted to go to um i was just jealous people went oh i'll think about it later well clone high that sounded really cool mm, yeah and was there was an always sunny one i think too wasn't there? oh yes there was yeah yeah Ah. (laughs) there's like always cool stuff like that around and I try to go to a lot of those things and then sometimes I just drop the ball (laughs) well it's really hard because I felt it was really under the radar and then all of a sudden it was just someone in our office was like Christine sign up and I'm every time someone just tells me to sign up for tickets, I'll just sign up for tickets. <laughs> that's true. That's how I got you to go to Coco. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm just gonna, you just told me sign up, and I was like, okay. Yeah. 
Um, and then lastly, I think lastly, this week on the short week, um, this coming Friday, Black Friday, uh, day after Thanksgiving, is the release of the um, Black Eyed Peas Masters of the Sun augmented reality app. The Masters of the Sun, the Zombie Chronicles, was the graphic novel that Black Eyed Peas mm-hmm. put out with Marvel this summer. But this augmented reality app is just coming out now. And I got a chance actually to check it out early, and it's really cool. And and, and honestly, like some augmented reality stuff I've liked, some I've been like, eh, on. But this was really impressive um, as far as just like the graphics and the animation. Mm-hmm. And it was really vibrant, very three-dimensional. Uh, a really impressive voice cast, by the way, guys. Uh, Stanley, you might know that guy, <laughs> is the narrator. And then just the cast includes Jamie Foxx, Queen Latifah, Common, Jason Isaacs, Mary J. Blige, Rosario Dawson from the Marvel family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ice T, uh, Flavor Flav, it's Snoop Dogg, it's Michael Rappaport. It's just kind of an insane voice cast on this thing. I was just like, man, William just has tons of cool friends. <laughs> yeah, I think like William's yeah. just got to be one of the guys who just knows everyone, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. But it's also like really cool that you know like this has been a really pet project for yeah. him, and it really means a lot. And I think. You know, I believe his company is called I Am Will, right? I believe so, yeah. And, you know, that just recently launched publicly, I guess, Mm -hmm. in the past couple weeks. So just seeing all these things come together and just really coming out really strong is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I mean, this was like one of the best augmented reality things I'd seen. Uh, And I know that they're also working on a VR version. And it'll have the same cast. Uh, So that's coming down the line. Yeah. But yeah, this Friday you can uh, check out the augmented reality version. And and I was told that, you know, they're they're not going to like just put this out and that'll be it. There's going to be like updates and sort of things you can get in it. And yeah, they'll make sure it's like a really immersive experience. So uh, check that out. Definitely, uh, you know, first, if you haven't, get the graphic novel, (laughs) Master of the Sun Zombie Chronicles, and then get this uh, augmented reality app. Awesome. And I think, yeah, that's all we got for you guys for this week. Um, Things will definitely shake up once again when we return back from our holiday weekend next week. Yep, yep. Uh, Talk more about S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. Talk about the next episode of Runaways. That's right. We can talk about Punisher. Y'all are caught up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So tons more. And in the meantime, enjoy all the turkey and stuff when you can. Yes. And then also... Our holiday gift guide's going to be dropping soon, so if you want to get a jump on your holiday shopping, we are here to help. We are indeed. There are, there are a lot of things there that I want <laughs> on that list. <laughs> and yeah, we're going to kick it back to the East Coast. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, we're back after those thrills, chills, and spills. Time for this week in Marvel questions and comments. Reminder. Spills were the best. I know. Reminder, you can tweet them using hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel or email them at twimpodcast at marvel.com. And we'll pull them up for a future episode. Or next week we have our Twim URC with some holiday issues. Mm, Yes. Next week we are going to be reading the uh, 2006 holiday special as well as GLXmas. Ooh. Written by Dan Slott. Nice. All right. uh, First up, Cassius335 is not really feeling Marvel Strike Force. He Mm. says, yet another freemium game for mobile featuring the base cast of every Marvel game released within the last few years. I'm rather less than whelmed. But I would 
you know, we know Night Nurse has not been in a I've game. I've never seen Night Nurse in a game. Yeah. The the cast is, you said, 80, 80 characters? 80 characters to start, I believe. That's a lot of characters. Yeah. Uh, I think let's... Hopefully you'll you'll dig it when you get to play it next year. Uh, it will be what it'll be. Let's see. But don't, don't judge it before it comes the out. The other though. thing is, if you don't like it, you don't got you ain't gotta play it. Yeah, man. And it's not gonna cost you anything to just it's, try it out. It's free. Yeah. Jim Radloff says, didn't Constrictor die of a disease in Captain America? Or is there more than one person with that code name? The Constrictor who is currently showing up in Iron Fist is a new Constrictor, and that's actually a big part of the whole story, is that Sabretooth and Iron Fist are tracking him down uh, in the name of the original Constrictor, who they considered, if not a friend, at least like a colleague, who they, uh, they're trying to avenge his name. Yeah. Uh, we've got a little correction here on episode 315. Uh, Jim says, Christine called Taika Waititi the first non-American director in the MCU. But the first Thor, Thor was directed by British director Kenneth Branagh. Uh, Jim says, I love the irony of giving somebody else credit for something Gilderoy Lockhart did. And that's a mm-hmm. Harry Potter reference, guys. Yeah, it is. It's a good one, too. Yeah. Uh, we will tell Christine she was wrong, wrong, so wrong, 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 <laughs> wrong. Yeah, Christina really blew it on this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jody, Tolkien fan forever, says, Thor Ragnarok was marvelous. I laughed. I laughed some more. So many moments that were hella good or would that be hella good you decide hashtag friendship is dope ha- hashtag make mine marvel hashtag moral fan forever hashtag this week in marvel uh token fan forever i just had this horrible feeling oh, no. that uh at 12 o'clock today mm-hmm. my favorite uh like art dealers mm. like they do limited edition prints and stuff mm-hmm. we're releasing a series of 10 uh lord of the ring prints and I wanted to buy five of them there were like five that I really really loved and I was here and I forgot oh. so they're probably oh. gone but Sorry, man. Uh, Jody check out um, Bottleneck or at Bottleneck NYC on Twitter they do amazing art they do some stuff for us every once in a while but they have some great Tolkien stuff mm. Kelsey Knobloch Pipster721 says I'm going through this week in Marvel withdrawals nine days since the last update episode 315 is posted but the link doesn't work can we get all that fixed? Yeah, let's get all that fixed, whoever's listening to this. Maggie, can you make a note to to send to Christine about yeah. checking that the episodes and making sure we're getting them wherever they need to get? Yep. And just checking all the different places. We don't want anyone to go through withdrawal. Yes. That is no, no good. Yes. Uh, Raph AB says, the podcast is now sponsored by Hasbro. Can we get action figures for Twin Points? Hmm. Hmm. Probably no, not. No. <laughs> uh, and it's every—it's not every episode, no, but the, some episodes. I hope you guys enjoyed the Marvel Legends talk. That from was last fun episode. last week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all those character posters of the Black Panther are amazing. Love the the little descriptions. Uh, Raph talking about the movie posters that were released recently. So they look cool. So good. That's great. Raph uh, says Bendis's last Marvel issue should have Hawkeye getting killed once more. For the fun of it. Don't put that out there in the world. It'll happen. <laughs> I still, I, I remember that issue of Avengers, and oh, yeah. he's like about to die. He's like, not like not this. Not like this. Not like this. Like this. Yeah. Oh. Ah. Terrible. It's intense. It was intense. Uh, Raph says, too bad the Marvel Netflix shows can't be downloaded on mobile. I would have loved to watch The Punisher on my phone while going home. Mm. I would say, why not watch it on a bigger screen? Yeah, seriously. I don't really watch shows on my phone. I just, it feels like. Maybe I'm just older, but I have a nice big 4K TV that I want to yeah, watch my shows on. Yeah. That's the way I want to experience. Watch your stories. Yeah, I want to watch <laughs> my stories on my story box. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Raph uh, says sound mixing of episode 316 was weird. I got Ryan's voice in one ear and Ben and Tucker's in the other ear. Yeah, we had before the show, Maggie took some steps to hopefully correct that. We think we may know what was wrong, um, and we fixed it. Yeah. So hopefully it's fixed. Great. Uh, Raph also asks about New Warriors. There's no news right now. We will share when there's info. Robert at Captain Rogers 44 says the Punisher went just went for it. So much good here. Welcome back, Frank. Hope mm-hmm. you're here to stay. John Bernthal killed it with more enemies than I can count. John Bernthal, the man, one of my favorite actors. Uh, so ready for this. Just announced Marvel Strike Force looks like a successor to the best Marvel game, Avengers Alliance 2018. Get here now. I want to play. So there you go. Totally different take on Marvel Strike Force. Uh, Robert continues. Love Defenders number seven. Really great book. Can't believe Elektra and Danny have never fought. Speaking of gr- the greatest fight, wins, fight sequence I've ever seen, Deadpool kisses Punisher. Frank isn't going to let that slide. That is absolutely right. Secret Warriors number eight was a great read. Really loving this team dynamic they have. They have to wonder what Karnak is up to. Plus, getting Dark Beast and Mr. Sinister to get together is just bad news all around. This book just keeps delivering wins. Also, Dante really needs to start thinking before he speaks. And now Magic joins the team, at least for now. Uh, Hawkeye number 12 was perfect. Every time I, th- I think this can't get better, it does. A Wolverine combo team up, and now my favorite archers are joining forces. Once again, please, somebody tell me I'm not dreaming. You're not dreaming. Well, guess what? You are not dreaming, pal. What a great series. Love so it. good. Simon Williams says, I don't like needles, but I'm going to have to get all those Black Panther posters <laughs> tattooed on my body now. <laughs> Hashtag Black Panther so lit. Uh, Simon's Twim of the Week for November 8th was Falcon number 2. He says, the first few pages of Jessica Jones' number 14 were creepy, disturbing, and uncomfortable on a level I can't really describe. This is like a really good psychology thriller. It is. Yeah, totally. Simon's Twim of the Week for November 15th was Mighty Thor number 701. The fight between Mangog and War Thor was basically a squash match. Mm. Does that make Mangog the Brock Lesnar of Marvel? They kind of look alike. Mm. A few minutes into a match, Brock is the same color. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Brock. Actually, you know, Brock went, you know, a good distance yeah. with AJ Styles, AJ Styles this past week. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, Simon continues saying, reading Spider-Man 2, number four. Honestly, the series hasn't really wowed me. Hopefully it will with the last issue. I love that. The number four, man, I love mm-hmm. that book. That was really good. So I disagree, Simon. Simon continues saying, reading Defenders number seven, I may be in the minority, but I can't stand Deadpool. You're in the minority. (laughs) There's no (laughs) point to him being in this book. Every book he cameos in is made worse for him being there. He says, Defenders number seven was a great issue despite Deadpool being in it. Between the Elektra, Iron Fist fight, and the stuff with Diamondback, it was really solid. If Deadpool hadn't been there, it would have been his twim of the week. Very nice. I thought Deadpool was great in it, and he was only in it just a tiny tag. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was used effectively. Yeah. Tech Lord Lex Pendragon asks some questions about the characters and books that Brian Michael Bendis is currently writing, and we will share info when there's news to share. We do not have any right now. Has there been any updates on the Blade Solo series, the one where he was going to have a daughter? I do. I've heard this get kicked around. It's still something that editorial is working on. I know we've said that for years now, but it's still a concept that I know they have a lot of love for and they'd like to make work if they can find the right people to make it work. So stay tuned. Uh, and Anara's class had a surprise mystery reader today. Some comic nerd dad read Mighty Thor number 12, The Untold Origin of Mjolnir. I love that comic. Thor's topical. And I know how to pronounce all the names. He has a great picture of himself in his daughter's class reading the comic to them. 
Very cool stuff. That's Lex, awesome. you kind of, for a second, I thought it was Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. In that picture, <laughs> when he had the short hair. Had you seen him with the long hair? No. Yeah, at one point, John had really long hair. What if Lex Pendragon this whole time has been Jonathan Hickman? Dun, dun, dun. This is a what if issue? Yeah. No. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's all we got. All right. So next week we will be recording later in the week because you're on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be recording a special Runaways podcast. You'll put out on Twitter how people can get questions and comments to you. You guys, but yeah, if you once you hear this, bing, bang, and a boom, yep. send them, tweet them. Uh, I don't know how many I'll be able to take, so I'm going to look for the best couple yep. to include with uh, with our own. Yep. So we'll have that next week. Uh, we'll be back with our standard this week in Marvel next week. It's all going to be good. It's all going to be fun. If you're listening to this in America, have a uh, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening to it in Canada, we have Thanksgiving today, so don't send me anything. (laughs) Or the rest of the world, for that matter. Or the rest of the world, but really the Canadians are the ones bothering me. (laughs) (laughs) This is Marvel, your universe. 